0: Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. All right, Hot Verse, welcome back. This is the Hot Breath Podcast, the show where you learn comedy From the pros, this is our new series we're doing in quarantine called Comedians on Skype. Talking comedy, this is the show where you get to ask your favorite comedians your favorite comedy questions. If you are listening to this on the podcast or watching on YouTube, you've got to join our Facebook group. There's over 700 members from around the world that get to connect and ask questions to comedians like today's guest. Who had a brain tumor... And then created a comedy special about it. This is a must-watch comedy special. For any comedian or any real comedy fan, it's going to change your perspective of not only what is possible with a comedy special, but also just what is possible in life. So without further ado, please welcome to the Hot Breath Verse the one and only Kyle Grooms, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Kyle, everyone.
1: thank Uh, Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for that nice introduction, man. Yeah, you know, spit hot breath. I like that. <laughs> he spit hot breath on that
0: thing no. Already, my Where'd man. Where'd you come
1: up with that name? Where'd you come up with that name? Hot breath.
0: Man, it's well, we've been doing it around five years, and like back in the day, I was a big fan of NPR's Fresh Air, Whoa. and it just like I liked the quick hit of like Fresh Air, so I was just trying to think yeah. of two words together, and yeah, then hot, hot breath. breath. Okay,
1: yeah, and, okay, and I then got
0: it. It, it stuck.
1: Oh sweet! Okay, now you ask questions. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate
0: you doing this, man. From your from your balcony, this is this is great. So yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I
1: can't be inside because my kids are like screaming and right. you know they they're going nuts.
0: Yeah, I, I'm grateful for you to take time to do this because it's cool about this timing. Kevin Hart was just on Joe Rogan talking about. How his near-death experience changed his entire perspective on time and priority. Mm. And I'd be Mm. interested to hear what what effect that near-death experience had on you.
1: Uh, Well, me, I usually, I'm always like, I live a positive life anyway. Mm -hmm. But after the surgery, it just, uh, my give-a-fuck level just kind of went... You know, like, I, I don't I don't care anymore. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you can't kill me. I'm already dead. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm a little braver, more fearless, uh, less tolerant of bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's what happened with me. Uh, I realized that, uh, you know, I can die. You know what I mean? <laughs> My mortality is, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's possible. And, um, yeah, I, I want to be here for my kids. I want to see how, you know, I saw, like, how close I was to not being here for my daughters, you know. Like, did, now when I'm with them, I'm sorry?
0: No, please, keep going. Keep going.
1: Yeah, it's like, now when I'm with them, I'm, I am I almost feel like I'm dreaming. Like, when I'm having moments with my daughters, like, I feel like, am, am I dead? Did I go to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> am i just like, did <laughs> I die? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things.
0: Did you see, I'm sorry, yeah, and with Skype, I'm still getting the rhythm of these, of like, when, is there a delay, or when are they done, and when do I, there's like, it's a weird communication, but uh, we're still going to have a great interview, Uh, (laughs) but like, I just did, I hadn't heard you talk about this part of it, how, how close did you actually get in terms of, did you see the light, or was there a moment of like, Wait, I'm 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 dead, or like something's happening, like on the other side type deal.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. What what I had was the seizure. I had a seizure, which, um, like, once I started having a seizure, I was able to catch myself and just breathe. Like Mm -hmm. I said, okay, all right. I, I can't control anything right now, but I can control my breathing. If I breathe, I know that, like, you know, I'm alive. I'm okay. So. I just breathed, and then once I, I was able to breathe, I was able to center myself, and then I started sweating profusely, and the uh, paramedics showed up, and I was able to walk myself to the gurney, and then get on it, and, and oh. then go to the hospital. So it was like, I was conscious through the whole thing. I even, the, the, the joke I told in the, my special about taking my vegan food to go, I actually ate it in the emergency room, like after <laughs> <laughs> after they ran all the tests, and. <sighs> All that I, I ate it in the ER You know what I mean So I was conscious of the whole thing I didn't have a headache I didn't have any It was just that there was a pool of blood On my left frontal lobe Which was a mess Was deteriorating my speech mm-hmm. And my um, movement My arm movement My yeah. right arm My right side was done bro. Yeah,
0: yeah you said you couldn't even sign the papers Like in the hospital no, I, I,
1: I had to put an X Uh huh <laughs> <had to> like, <laughs>
0: Yeah and yeah. what was the vegan food? What What did you eat?
1: Oh, I ate a uh, – there's a place in uh, Hollywood, Florida. It was a vegan gyro. It was a gyro, like a – yeah, a vegan gyro. That uh-huh. they, and I, I love gyros, you know, and that's what I miss about eating meat. But they made a plant-based one out of um, – I don't know. a seitan or something. And, um, yeah, it was a gyro and some fries.
0: How, lo- how long have you had been – how long have you have? Well, I don't want to say vegan. You, you like you talk about in the special, but plant-based. like plant, plant based. Yeah, yeah, plant based. How long had you been plant based?
1: Probably at least four years. At least four years. Uh-huh. And, it, and it happened naturally. You know what I mean. I was in Cincinnati doing a show, and I was craving barbecue. Like I couldn't wait to get my hands on some barbecue. But once I got it, I had all the side dishes, the hush puppies, the collard greens, and I had my barbecue chicken. And while I'm cutting it off the bone, I was just like seeing the tendons and the muscles, and I just felt disgusted. And I became conscious. I'm eating a dead animal. There's like a carcass on my plate that's probably been in the fridge. I don't know how long it's been frozen. They killed it. It's it's not even a fresh kill. And I'm eating this shit. I just felt like a beast. Mm -hmm. And I haven't touched meat ever since. I decided maybe I'll go... Maybe I'll be a pescatarian. But then even... Fish <laughs> and living animals just started. It just started weirding me out. Eating that, you know, and then digesting it, and it and it sitting in my my system. That whole, and I'm I'm digesting a dead animal off the ground. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you feel so a big difference. I
1: said, yeah. Are you are you plant based too?
0: No, no. I've gone oh. <laughs> through phases, but I'm saying you feel a difference yeah. of like when you eat something healthy versus you eat something that just like makes you want to take a nap. You know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it,
0: definitely. Do you think that impacted, like, your recovery within, like, this entire medical situation? Like, do you think being plant-based, did they say anything about maybe that helping with recovery or anything?
1: Possibly. I, I think probably, too, what helped my recovery is that I, I work out a lot. Like, just right. for fun, I go to work out. I'm like, you know, just because, you know, I'm older and I want to keep my body energy, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I work out. Like, even in the hospital, when they had to check my heart rate, they were nervous because my heart rate was so, – it was like an athlete's heart rate. Not, not to brag, like I'm athletic, you know. But, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> out I had the heart rate of an athlete, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, like, when I went to sleep, you know, they have you on a monitor, and it is, my heart was just like, boop, Like, they thought I was dying, but I was perfectly fine.
0: Wow. And that's yeah. – because that's what Kevin Hart said with his was like, If he didn't have such a strong core, then he would have been paralyzed. Like, the the impact would have paralyzed him.
1: I'm sure that helped Kevin a lot, though, definitely. With with that kind of injury and being physically fit, Mm -hmm. yeah, he keeps it tight, man. You got to keep it tight, bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he was just one of, like, the countless comics that, like, Contribute to your GoFundMe. me I mean you're trying To raise 75,000 you raised over 100,000 I mean that's That's got to be gratifying
1: Actually I think the first thing was 50 or something
0: oh okay the First
1: was 50 and then it went up to 75 and then it went up and then it went past That you know mm-hmm. yeah I was sitting In a hospital like why wow. like, I was So freaked out by it mm-hmm. you know
0: It's got to yeah, be rewarding guess- Though of like oh man I guess people do Care type deal
1: People care, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people care about me, man. You you never think, you know, because you become family and you become friends with all these people. But, you know, you're working and you have business relationships, but you don't know how deep it goes. And then, you know, I don't know. I guess it, it all comes back to you, you know?
0: Yeah. and every, how you treat people. You know? Oh, yeah. That's important, I think, in this business that a lot of comics overlook is, like, actually yeah. just being... A good person to work with will get you more work. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and it's not. I don't do. I don't. I don't treat comedy people like that because of you know something else, but because of the work. But it's just that you know we're a fraternity, and you know you you, you want to have good work relationships, and you know people are different. You got different walks of comics are a different breed of people. You know, and I just think it. We get enough pressure without not being. Just being nice to each other and letting your ego go. You
0: mm-hmm. know? So you Damn. you you mentioned um, the the seizure, and I won't give away the story, but I definitely wanted to dive into the process of creating humor around something that is seemingly unfunny. That was probably what I was most mm. forward to looking for in the special. Was like, how does he turn this into comedy? Because on the surface, mm. as you read it. I had a brain tumor. It's like, where are you going to find comedy? So, what was the process <laughs> of like mining for like material that is like ready for a comedy special on something that almost killed you?
1: <laughs> I mean, the whole situation, if you, like, there were funny things, like, I don't know, comic, like, my, when I started freaking out, my daughters were like freaking out. They were like, Daddy, I, I don't like this game. And then someone gave them a cell phone. And then they were fine. Like, OK, bye, <laughs> daddy. They, they didn't care. So, you know, see how you laughed? But that's like a that's like a little thing. And then the paramedics showing up and they had Proud Boy haircuts mm-hmm. and they were kind of like, you know, and I was kind of like looking at them. And they were looking at me. You know what I mean? It was just like, that's a funny thing. You know, it, the, the, the vegan food. There's a lot of funny elements in in tragedy. You know, comedy and tragedy come right along with each other, you know.
0: So what was... I guess how, even yeah. death could
1: be funny. I guess it depends on how you die.
0: <laughs> but it's one you know? thing to tell the story of this happened, but to actually make it consistent punchlines and really weave in the humor while also weaving in the humanity, which you, which you balanced beautifully within it, of even, like, you take us to the moment of you, I remember, to breathe. So the story really takes us up and down. So did you... Oh, wow. F- did you first, like... Type it all out, and then go back and start to insert the punchlines. Like, how do you actually create it?
1: No, we filmed the documentary stuff, and then we filmed the stand-up stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I chose material that I knew. Okay, I know I want to talk about my family, my love life, my wife, and how that affected me. Because these are the things that I almost lost. You know, the and they, these were the people who always there with me when it happened. So, I wanted to paint that picture. And then you just hope that the video and the uh, stand up works off of each other. And that's where the job of the editor comes in. Mm. My editor did an amazing job, man. Darwin Phillips did a, a, a copy edit post. Yeah. Did a wonderful job editing it. Because when I first saw the stand up alone, I was kind of like, hmm. Oh, like, really? you know, you got to look, I was like, ah, this is all right. It was hard to watch, you know, but then once we started chopping it down and getting the little pieces out and then and then juxtaposing the the dramedy, the comedy, the drama, then it started to flow together better. So then that that's what created my editors was was part of what helped me create that flow because we just had a bunch of puzzle pieces on the table that you have to put together. Because there's actually a lot of stand up that I did. I did an hour an hour worth of stand up in that special, which I'll put on my album, but not on my special. It'll be on my CD. Gotcha. And not my special. So, that special, I wanted to keep a half hour tight and short and tell that story. And then the Brain Humor album will have all the other, like, you know, I do an Obama impression. I, I go, I go, I do, I talk about other <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? I talk about Trump. I do all that other stuff that didn't have anything to do with, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the special, the, the, the incident.
0: But, yeah, and. In- I want to get into like the joke writing behind the incident in terms of like uh-huh. how I like, I like how you structure the flow of the special in terms of the sequencing of it It's where you kind of like you take us through your beginning, middle and end and aftermath. Like you really take us through the whole journey. Uh-huh. But if we look at the story of you taking us to the vegan restaurant and you go through that whole story arc, I mean, storytelling is something a lot of comics struggle with. So what You've been doing comedy Over 20 years so I mean What kind of tips yeah. Do you have When it comes to storytelling
1: Hmm I ca- With Storytelling I I like to My My tip And I, I watch this from Richard Pryor's Rhythm Okay Richard Pryor will tell A straight joke A straight Line And then the next line Will be a punch line And it kind of Pulls you Through the story Like it's like I went to the store the other day and then bop, 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 bop. That's the pepper. That's the funny. And then, and then you go to the next straight line and then you, and you pull it, you have to find, you almost damn near like a rapper looking for a punchline. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but you, you don't want to tell too much without a punch, a funny part. Right. I me see if I could get an example. Um, like, a lot of part that I left out of that story is we went to, before we went to that restaurant, we we went to another vegan restaurant that was in Little Haiti. But the restaurant, it it was a food truck. It had no bathroom. And my daughter was, she was like, oh, I don't want to eat here. So then it was like, I I don't want to eat this, daddy. You know, my daughter's bougie, you know, basically. So then you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So th- these are the fun. <laughs> so and then being a progressive parents, me and my my wife, we chose to go to another place. But had it been my mother, she would have been like, no, you're going to sit here and eat this food that we got. You know what I mean? So th- these are all jokes that the situation is funny. It, yeah. It's funny enough. There's a lot of funny. And then on a the car ride to this vegan restaurant, my wife was driving me crazy. With my driving, you know what I mean, like because I was driving, she thought I couldn't drive. So I had all this pressure building up on the way to the vegan restaurant. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, so by the time we got there, this all this already was. I was already a, a mess. So then, once you hear that story where we went in, we sat down, blah 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 blah, and uh, and then we sat down. But there's funny all through that. Do you, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Like, there's funny situations. My wife complained about my driving. We got to the place. There was a car parked all fucked up, so I had to park. There was a lot of situations that were funny about that.
0: So, but I guess maybe for, like, economy of words, instead of saying we went here and then drove and it got her upset, you kind of get that across with the switching of the tables, all of that, like, tension building up to this moment. Is yeah. That, how, is that kind of the point of you you guys switching tables is to kind of build the kind of the stakes yeah, the within build, the relationship?
1: Because we, we chopped a lot out just because it wasn't working with the flow. But oh, yeah,
0: that okay. is the, the,
1: because it wasn't that the part that I just told you was what we kind of left out because there was a whole that the whole day was kind of funny. There was incidents that were funny leading up to my seizure that I took note of, you know, uh-huh. that you can make funny situations but we chopped it we edited it down to the best the most economic parts you know yeah. so the story wouldn't drag on for the special
0: and what and speaking of like the business of a comedy special cuz i i just released one in february and mm. i'm selling it through my website a lot of comics are mm-hmm. just giving it away for free on uh, youtube as well like what what was your yeah. thinking behind amazon and releasing it via that way versus just throwing it on YouTube or trying to sell it yourself. Because um, net
1: if I, I didn't I didn't have time to go for Netflix <laughs> or mm-hmm. to try to smooth them, you know. And um, I just thought it was the next step down, you know. Amazon to is the next platform is Amazon. Actually, Amazon is Damn near a mix between YouTube and Netflix, if you you know if yeah, you really yeah. want to get down to the mm-hmm. nitty gritty, you know. So I chose Amazon, you know, and Amazon has that brand and it's all it's all over the world, and it it kind of I don't know, I think YouTube. I saw Mark Norman got over a million views on his YouTube, right? But it's just YouTube is is so accessible. I wanted to be a little more less accessible. It's accessible, but you know. On a platform kind of like netflix
0: yeah that that was my thinking with releasing it like i self-produced it and all that and like released it via my website because i was like part of me was like i don't want to release it on youtube (laughs) and and then people are seeing like mark norman and sam morel with like millions and then mine has like a few thousand (laughs) and versus also like, like showing comics that Hey, you can produce your own special, sell it, you don't have to give it away, and you can make your money back. Like, I was kind of trying yeah. to pave that path as well.
1: Mm, I see. But but if this this is your first special, then?
0: Yeah, 10 year, released okay. it on my 10 year anniversary, yeah.
1: Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah then you, you're good to sell it and sell it after your shows for five bucks or whatever. I don't know, but uh, yeah. you, you know your marketing plan. Because uh, this is my second self-produced uh, special. My first one was Miami Nights that I did in 2005 on DVD. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a DVD special,
0: yeah. Miami. Oh, Which you... I
1: may go and... Go ahead. I, I, I may go and put that on Amazon, too. But this one I'll probably put behind a paywall. Because this one, the one that I have brain humor, is free if you have Amazon mm-hmm. Prime or your Amazon Prime member. But... Uh, the Miami Knights, I'll probably put on under, like, may charge five bucks or something to see it.
0: Yeah, you should. I mean, if people are willing to pay to save your life, they'll be willing to pay to, you know, watch your <laughs> comedy special. It's yeah, got such a yeah. great story behind it, too. Uh, so let's let's jump into some of these questions here, shall we? So, um. A member, of, a member of what we call the hot breathiverse here. Um, <laughs> his name is actually Kyle Groom, singular. Oh, word! Oh, <laughs> yeah, Kyle yeah. Groom.
1: What's good, B? <laughs> you could do, you could do check fraud,
0: or something, you know. Still, I think <laughs> still I th- my identity. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's a white guy um, yeah, from uh, New Jersey. So y'all have a oh, Jersey comment. Jersey,
1: Jersey two, nigga, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> we
0: what? We made part it, of Jersey. Uh, yeah, what part of Jersey, Kyle? We'll have to see what he says. Um, but That's his insane. He was super jazzed about this, and his question was, um, "Let me see. Oh, he kind of he kind of did a two parter. Let's get to the first part first. But he's asking, uh, what was the process for?'" putting material together from a potential deadly event? And did it take time to get perspective or did it all come quickly?
1: Uh, it all, it came quickly. Cause you know, you, you, I was at home recovering and you have time to think about those things, but I couldn't drive for six months and I live in Miami now. So I had to get out to the open mics and you know, Miami, there's only open mics that you can work and it does legit comedy cause, but mostly open mics. And uh, and most of the comics in Miami are under five years doing comedy, so you know I'm I'm a, a professional hanging out in the kids gym. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's good. It's, we're we're building a scene in Miami now, and a lot of the comics are getting much better. But uh, I started in September. I couldn't drive for six months, so I, I my seizure, my surgery was in March. I started working on my material the end of September. And uh, I just went out every, every night, every other night in October, November, December. Then when I, in December, I went to, I did it, I produced a show in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, which is my hometown. And I, and I promoted it, marketed it. And that's where I got this set on its, on its legs. Like I ran the whole hour because and before then I was doing 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes, you know sets. Now I'm going to try to put it together for the whole hour mm-hmm. in front of my hometown crowd. And this will be a good start. And then I, and then the next rest of December, I continued to work on it. And then I booked a headline week at, at the Dead Crow Comedy in Wilmington, North Carolina. And that's where I got to run it. Four shows the weekend before we taped the special. And I was still a little, you know, I'm still, you know, because when you're producing something, and you're and you're doing the creative. Your brain is flipping back and
0: forth. Oh yeah. You know so. Oh yeah.
1: So the production and the performance, the performance suffers sometimes, and you got to kind of be able to f- your mind back when it's time to perform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're worrying about the lighting, the sound. You're worrying about the stage, the set, the people, your guests, the whoop, whoop, everything. So, but uh, hey, we did it, and uh, yeah, it came out okay.
0: I thought it came out great, and you did you did two shows, like one in front of fin- Friends and Family, and then you did a taping yeah. in front of like a general audience. So, I mean, I'm sure you got some good stuff with that variety of audience. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. producing mine, I, it was like uh even i walked out and there wasn't a camera we have supposed to be on stage set up it wasn't there so i was just like all right let's just reset i leave it all in the special but like it's the whole intro i walk out and then i'm like this isn't set up guys will you just come fix this is like in the middle this is my first special but then you're also Mm -hmm. the producer brain and it's yeah it is it's something it's something i think I mean with comedians now I mean you've been doing it 20 years and you've and we were talking with yeah. Jimmy 25 years 25 sorry over 20 25 I did not yeah. mean to discount <laughs> those 5 years No 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 You you were you were doing That's comedy right. way back before Miami was underwater so it's uh <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah, is right. now we were talking to Jimmy Schubert yesterday on here and he's been doing it over 30 years and he he was talking about like the power is now in the comedians' hands to create their own success. And I feel like yeah. people seeing and comics seeing comics like you creating your own special and distributing it yourself and all that, it just only makes it possible for them to start finding their own opportunities.
1: Yeah, yeah. My friend Marina Franklin put put that uh put the battery in my back to produce my own special because she she did one with um comedy dynamics and, you know, there's a budget and all that stuff. So she said, hey, Kyle, just do it yourself, bro. You know what I mean? And I have production background. Before I was um, a a full-time comedian, I was an art director.
0: Oh, Univision, right?
1: Yeah, Univision, yeah. (laughs) So, and I mean, I've worked for every network, NBC, ABC, you know, CBS. So I know people in production. I know, you know, set designers. I know camera people. I know all of this stuff. So I'm like, hey, I might as well. You know, hey, put put the, put together a squad.
0: That's what's up. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great question, Kyle. Oh, and he said he's from Woodbridge, right by where you're from.
1: Oh, get the fuck <laughs> out of here, bro. <laughs> you like. <laughs> this dude is like the bizarro, bizarro Kyle or something. Like you live. Woodbridge is a town next to me. Right? We used to. I live on the. Woodbridge, Perth Amboy border, Florida Grove Road. That's I live on Gornick Drive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, y'all y'all came up together, maybe.
1: Yeah, Woodbridge High. I used to go to Woodbridge High School to study when I really wanted to, because they had good books, you
0: know. Oh right. (laughs) They had a
1: good library at Woodbridge High School. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You started from the bottom. Now we're here.
1: Now we're here. Wow. Wow. What are
0: the odds? That's so cool. All right. Uh, Mark Mitchell asks, the 20 year of comedy, uh, he said, what made you go full time and how long into your career did it take?
1: I started in 95. I went full time in 2000. Um, I started like on the urban comedy scene. And so I was able to like people were headlining me before, you know, like if I would have been. I started in Miami, so there wasn't a lot of comics in Miami that, um, you know, that just around and, and they'd have to fly people in. So they, people would book me the headline. So I had to get strong fast. And, um, yeah, I, once I got good enough to feed myself and I sold my house and, uh, yeah, I went full-time comedy. I can't even believe it. Now I'm looking at this. Must I, I think I'm crazy. I must've been
0: crazy to do that. Wait, You <laughs> sold your house to go full-time comedy? Like, yeah, to get yeah. money for to become a comedian, to just
1: not have the burden of a mortgage while wow. I'm trying to pursue comedy. And I said, if I could just get enough money to buy another house, I'm good. But yeah, I sold it, and uh, you know, just to live off, you know, to live off of, and for the first few years, and to get me by. But I didn't even really need. Yeah, it, it wasn't. I'm glad I did it glad
0: i did it yeah we all are yeah in hindsight how long into your career was that because you were headlining like two or three years in which is two to three years to like think about be on stage that long
1: deaf i did deaf comedy jam my second year in comedy deaf comedy jam was in la but um yeah yeah it, it was crazy i can't even believe i was headlining that early yeah and I, I probably my material probably wasn't all amazing, but
0: you know. You did it. Pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Can you hear that?
0: Can yeah. you Hear that? But we can we can hear you though. We can hear you better. Oh, okay. So you're right. good with the yeah, mic. So I'm yeah. I'm outside.
1: Yeah. All right. It's all, all right.
0: good. Yeah. Let's. Uh. We'll just uh, see. Your kids are running in and out. We'll do. We'll just run through two more here. For um, uh, Bo Johnson asks what is your writing routine like what is your process and how much time do you spend
1: my writing it, ha- it happens organically like when i'm home during the day just cleaning and smoking weed my best material comes when i'm alone and it, it, like you know i can be good and then i hit a little blunt then i start writing you know it's just whatever just at home during the day driving in my car I don't have a set sit down and write. Mm-hmm. If I get an idea, boom! I jot it down, <coughs> and I, I put it on a little note, and I'll go to the stage with it that night or whatever.
0: And just talk about I, it.
1: You just don't talk about. Oh, okay. It. No, no, no. I don't write it out. I don't. I'll. I'll. Um, I'll write the name of the joke. <coughs> like. Uh, Ooh,
0: that loud.
1: I don't know. A lot. <laughs> Now I'm getting dry here. But um, yeah I'll just write notes Just write notes Like um, mm-hmm. Just a little Two words Of what the joke is But I know what it is In my head yeah. And hopefully I could I could remember it When It's time When the people Are in front of me <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah And do you Do you record your sets And then review What worked And what didn't work Or what's the evolution
1: When I was doing my special i did that because i try to be extra professional like you know i want to i force myself to but normally i really don't Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) i
1: really don't i I know i'm like jay-z i know my lyrics in my head you know what i mean (laughs) i I, I kind of edit in my head you know and i know word economy is very important especially when you do a special so i try to uh, remember what words here that you know like, even now I go and I look at my specials hard to watch because, oh, I know I could have made those words more tight. I could have uh, used less words. I could have used less words, less words, less words, less words, yeah. less words.
0: I feel yeah. you on that. We're always going to be yeah. our worst critic, though. I mean, it's a killer special, so I, you, I wasn't you. like, oh, I wonder why you left that in. Like, it, it, was, it was tight <laughs> throughout. Uh, sweet, sweet. And now, uh, young comics listening, I just want you to understand this is coming from a comic who's been doing it 25 years. So learn how to write jokes first. Learn the rules, and then you can break them. But this is a veteran yeah. who says he can now just go on stage. I've seen so many comics go to an open mic and just be like, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm, they'll say, I'm Jay-Z, and then they just do that for the rest of their lives. Like, it's like... <laughs>
1: No, nah, no.
0: Nah. Yeah, learn the it's, rules especially and when I'm really
1: them. working on something. Yeah, I have to itemize what I'm gonna say here, there, and then I go back and piece, piece pieces together with parts that go together. Yeah, cool. I, I do. I do notes.
0: All right, and this this is a good one to end on because it is about uh, producing a special, um, and um, let me see. Oh, what is. This is a good one. Just about real quick, like how often should a comic be performing? Do you think?
1: Uh, I, when I'm on, I get on every every. When I was there was a time I was on stage every night. Yes. Like this is the longest I've been off stage. Well, I mean, last year was the longest I've been off stage because of my surgery. But this is the longest I've been off stage. I don't even know what I'm gonna do when I perform. I got a show. Tonight online, and I've never done online comedy. I've never tried it. I've never, but I'm gonna try it for five minutes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, even though I'm opposed to it. Uh, but I'm just gonna tell a story. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: I've, yeah. And if your if your town only has like one or two open mics, do you say like move, start your own, like just travel, like how to maximize that stage time?
1: Yeah, you gotta move, bro. You gotta move. If you you can't, you gotta get on stage. Especially when you just started and trying to get in the rhythm and get comfortable being in front of people and making a room full of strangers laugh, the comedy club has to be like. I used to go to comedy improv when I was hosting. This is when I really first started, and I would throw my jacket over here. My it was like home to me. I you know, I would yeah, That's great. <laughs> I would do I would seat people. I was doing all kinds of stuff. There wasn't even it was like my house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Was, I was at home at the comedy club. You live in it. Great. living it you know yeah. even my, my my wife now she had to accept i'm going out to do comedy she don't even ask me questions you going out now yes mm-hmm. but we
0: yes <laughs> yes this is what <laughs> you signed lame. up for
1: <laughs> i'm going out to do you know what i mean and yep. i moved to miami out of new york so then now i have to even be more in my game because i don't get to see comics who are or a list you know top shelf comics so now i have to kind of I'm back in the, I don't know the D leagues or whatever, but it's like you know, it's like going down to a minor league field. I'm playing with you know, I'm playing in the minors again. For sure. But still trying to keep uh, major, major skill. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, that is so, that's that's a benefit of being in like a New York is you you get around the best, so it only elevates your skill as well. Yeah,
1: because I like when I go to New York now, I'm like really looking to see what people are talking about people you know like wow okay
0: Mm -hmm. yeah all right so let's do the final one here from robin sutton clark who says uh besides comedians who should we assemble as a power production team like is it mixers producers editors like what is the team behind it the team I,
1: i got a good editor a good cinematographer you you actually need it all. You need a good lighting person because the lighting is very important for a special mm-hmm. audio. Audio number one, it has to sound good. That's that's things I harped on. Like I'm like, make sure the sound is all right, you know. And um, yeah, you have to get when you shoot a special, you have to get the whole whole team. I had to get a venue, and then the venue was you know it was just a black box theater. So then I had to dress dress the stay the stage the set. I even put uh, vinyl on the floor because the floor was kind of it was a a stage floor, dusty, dirty. So I put that nice, you know, semi-goth vinyl on the floor. Mm. You know, you know, the the, the little little details.
0: Exactly. (laughs) That's what's up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So as uh, as we land this plane here, is there any? This is you know a comedy education platform. Is there is there any advice you've Found over the years to be like The most helpful to you or something you always Fall back on when times are tough in comedy Like is there any advice you could leave us with Here
1: Um, I always uh, For me I always study comedy Like Bob Newhart, Bill Cosby Anybody you think you're not into Just comedy you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Shit um, I go back to Shit Eddie Cantor, you know what I mean? (laughs) Eddie Cantor, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You feel me?
1: (laughs) It's like, you gotta be a nerd about this shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because I I know people who don't even, who young comics don't even, they're not even, they don't even know who Richard Pryor is, Dick Gregory, Bill Hicks. Mm. Um, yeah, these this you you have to be a student of it. You see how they like, and and, and the more you the more you go and in, get into it, the more you understand. Like I didn't understand, I couldn't even know how to listen to. I listen to Richard Pryor differently now, twenty five years in the game, than I did two years in the game. My ears are different for comedy. Like, oh, I see what he's doing. Like, there's a comedy special where Richard Pryor. I think it was Richard Pryor. Here and now, alive, where he was doing crowd work. Where because what happened was he was shooting his special, and I guess Patti LaBelle had opened for him, and they went and took a break. He started his coming in after the break, you know, mm-hmm. so that's where he started his special. Like you doing that, you know, fixing your camera guy that that's basically what Richard Pryor did on his special. He started with crowd work, but I didn't even notice that. When I was in now I'm like, holy shit.
0: He had to do
1: crowd work in the beginning of his special. It hit different when you are shooting a special and now you know what that was all about. You know, like wow.
0: Awesome. So always be a student. Yeah, that's that's what that's what we're all here. We're always looking to learn from the best like you. So thanks for your time here, Kyle. We really do appreciate it.
1: Ah, oh, thank you, man.
0: So where, um, Thanks where, for me. yeah, where can people support? Please let people know like where they can support the special, follow you, all of that good jazz.
1: Well, if they go to Amazon prime video, you can see my special brain humor. Uh, you can follow me on IG, Instagram, I'm always on Instagram, um, you know, Facebook, whatever, but yeah, mostly I'm on IG.
0: Awesome. So uh, go
1: cowgrooms.com.
0: grooms.com
1: Yeah. It's my website
0: go follow and, uh, Kyle support him please it's this special is I'm t- like a lot of people are releasing specials right now and this is like a breath of fresh air on just the format of a comedy special i think it's really and i'm hoping it inspires other comics to think beyond just like the standard template of a comedy special and really start pushing the medium forward mm. yeah, yeah that's
1: that's one thing I, I wanted to do instead of just being a a, a guy talking into a mic for an hour or whatever, just to be able to, and I'm glad I was able to do that with, you know, my situation, turn comedy into tragedy. Exactly. <laughs> or tragedy into comedy, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Robin said she <laughs> watched it comedy. this past weekend, so that's great. Yeah, so go go to Amazon Prime, watch Kyle's special. I watched it twice. I, I cried the second time. Uh, I even left an <laughs> Amazon review from my mom's Amazon Prime account, so... Sweet. <laughs> Hot Breath Averse, go forth, support Kyle and everything he does. If you want to get involved in more of these in the future, go into the description of this video or audio, click to join the Hot Breath Facebook group, and we will be back with even more Q&As. Tomorrow we have Jackie Cation. Friday we have Tommy Davidson. So we will see you then, kiddos. Adios. All right. Peace, bro. Thank you, man. Hot Breath.